using the power of art to overcome adversity with Michael Magruch, author of The Smart of Art, on episode number 276 of the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. So when the herd says yellow, life is yellow, you can't say life is blue because the life is yellow. And as a part in you, I call it the third superpower of humans, adaptability, that we can adapt to things. Otherwise, we can't survive a tiger cage for three right. years. We can adapt. We're tremendous in adapting. So most of our systems wouldn't work because people wouldn't adapt to it because everybody's so individuality unique. Welcome to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller, the show dedicated to helping you crush adversity and succeed in life. Brad believes you deserve a life that is fulfilling and impactful, and this show is designed to help you navigate beyond adversity and achieve your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose. Now, here's Dr. Brad. Hello, good people, and welcome to Beyond Adversity with Dr. Brad Miller. Pleasure and a privilege to have you with me today here on the podcast where we help you to grow through what you go through, navigating adversity to achieve your life of peace and prosperity and purpose. You can always head over to our website, drbradmiller.com, for over 200 episodes of this podcast designed to serve you and your needs, and we have our course there. You can find out more about the 40-Day Way which is your process to get you from being stuck to having fulfillment in your life with a written blueprint. Find out more at drbradmiller.com slash 40 day way. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt out of place that you didn't fit in uh, into the social norms of other people somehow out of place? And maybe that was um, magnified by your circumstances in life by some adversity that you had overcome. How do you express yourself and how do you relate to others when you feel out of place and not fitting in? Our guest today, Michael Magrush, was a sick child. He had dyslexia. He had other issues fitting in in his life. When he discovered art, and that became a way for him to express his life, express himself, and to be able to deal with other folks and to cultivate happiness and balance in his life. He's going to teach us some things today about the way of art. He himself has developed a, a artistic expression of consciousness that helps awaken our enthusiasm to one another. Using arts and creativity, he's written several books, and he has the Smart of Art book and podcast. And he's all about helping you to leverage art and creativity as a human superpower that helps you to reach your potential, to reach your life, your promised life. Being a human being means being an artistic person. You're going to learn a lot in our podcast episode today with Michael Magrush. He blogs at Michael. M.com. That's M I C H A E L L M.com. We're going to find out more about him when we come back from the other side of the of our podcast interview. We're going to talk about a couple of things you can do specifically to apply them in your life that will help you to leverage art in your life. 
But right now, let's get into a fascinating conversation with Michael McGrush right now. But we have a great artist with us today. Michael McGrooch is an art and creativity solutions person for humanity. And he's going to be sharing with us a little bit of his story today. But he has an incredible story to tell about how he dealt with some difficulties in his life and managed to get through those. And then has something to teach us about humanity and about how we can reach our human potential. So, Michael, welcome to Beyond Adversity. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. appreciate the blank canvas. As an artist, I appreciated the blank canvas. Awesome. So I can awesome. Well, we'll, we'll talk about so, that. But in your blank canvas, it started in a way with some challenges you had as a child and with other things in your life. Tell us a little bit about some of the – set the framework of your life in terms of some of the things that you've had to deal with that then set the stage for what you do now. I was born in 1959 in Vienna in Austria. And I was a sick child, asthma, allergies, eczema, but really bad. So we're like, literally, I have to be almost in a bubble, but I wasn't uh, at that time. Uh, so I went, uh, they helped me back. I went to school with seven. And then I found out my second diversity, my, my second ambiguity uh, that I didn't understand. I was dyslexic and dysgraphic, so I couldn't hand eye coordination. I can still not read my writing, which I don't care now right. because I can dictate everything and, and type still it in. A, a major but, factor uh, in your education, I'm sure. Oh my God. I can't. If I write something down, our notes that I have, if I look at them an hour, I, I cannot decipher mm. what that was. I, I, if I don't remember what I wrote, that I wrote, let's say, about a cube. I would not know that this word is called cube or his name. I couldn't recognize it. Yeah, it's not a big deal. I'm not suffering from graphia. That's not the dyslexia is hard because I really need to listen a hundred times to certain things to comprehend the gist of it, to bring it from a system knowledge to wisdom. Basically, it my situation forced me to be outside of systems. Because it couldn't be educated, couldn't so I had to right. repeat classes. Was always speak of the class, but I had to repeat them because I couldn't have system requirements. And my whole life, I did a lot of things. I worked with Robert Evans, who did the Godfather love story uh -huh. in Chinatown. I produced with him. I was arts commissioner of, of Newport Beach. So it's not like I, I wrote five books. I have a own, my own podcast, The Smart of Art. So I'm doing things, but it has to be. In my cadence, I have to be understanding what I'm doing. I can't be pushed in. I can't be pushed into a job. I can't do the job, but it's very hard for me. I worked 16 hours for three months, two years ago, but I have to really understand what yeah. I'm doing. Then I can focus and really comprehend. So your early childhood and all these aspects impacted how you do things, your system, you had to develop your own system, your own way of doing things that was not conforming exactly. with school or other things that were happening around you. You had to develop your yeah. own way. You had to take some of your own actions to break free from the 
expectations that you that had around you. So tell us a little bit more about that. I'm really interested, Michael, in yeah. actions that you've taken throughout your life that may have been a little bit out of the norm, that kind of broke some patterns, whether it was in education or yeah. in your growing up or in your livelihood in the arts or and everything else, where you broke a pattern yeah. to set some directions there. Tell us about some actions that you've taken. So I was not aware. The thing is when, because we are herd mm-hmm. animals, right? Humans. So when the herd says yellow, life is yellow, you can't say life is blue because the life is yellow. And as a part in you, I call it the third superpower of humans, adaptability, that we can adapt to things. Otherwise, we can't survive a tiger cage for three years. We can adapt. We're tremendous in adapting. So most of our systems wouldn't work because people wouldn't adapt to it because everybody's so individuality unique that to fit in. And I wasn't aware of that. I was not comprehending that now, but it took me till 35 when I wrote my resume. I say, oh my God, all my jobs were creative and artistry. But I did art since I'm six years old. I I did art that that kept me sane and kept me not going in drugs and kill myself and whatever. So I saw with 35, oh my God, I'm an artist. And then I looked back and I said, oh my God, Six years old, he started, played instruments, this, and then I went uh, DJ, and then I, uh, I did uh, produced fashion shows, and everything was then with advertising, television. Everything I did okay. was creative. So I, in, with 35, first of all, when I got conscious, I'm a guy that when he becomes conscious, he changes right away he, because yeah. he understands it. He says, okay. Boom. Was there a particular was there a particular no, event that happened there at age thirty five, Michael? Was there some moment, or just no, no, no. a realization? No, a realization. Because no, that was a moment. I had to write. Uh, I got I to see. get a okay. new job. Okay, I'm with you. And so the event was new job writing resume, looking at my old resumes, and then comprehending because I tried to be an artist. I tried to be a painter. I had the exhibition, but I was waiting. Obviously, like everybody. That the system says you are a painter, you are a plumber, yeah, you okay, are that. And I couldn't have that happen. And when I was 35, I said, I don't care what anybody says. I know that number one, I, that's all I did. And number two, I realized that was the second uh, a revelation. It always brought me back that I felt humane listening to music, right? Making music, painting. It always felt. I, it's okay to be alive. So you had an awareness, you had a consciousness moment. You had, you went from, yeah, yeah. for lack of a better term, an unconsciousness or a lack of awareness to a new yeah. awareness, a new consciousness. And I know one of the things that you say that we have yeah. a consciousness crisis going on in our world right now. Is this kind of what went on with you? You had your consciousness yeah. crisis moment and then you had your aha moment. And you went from there and now you see this in other, in our world right now. Yeah, it seeps in. It, Brad, it seeps yeah. in. It seeps in. It's. I don't believe that, because I say on the other side of systems are humans yes. too. So we just built the system is for me a double-sided mirror that you can see through halfway. But you all distort it. So everybody's distorted. And because of the distortion, we distorted our number one, systems didn't create humans or nature. Right. Logically, just if you think from one thought to another, not not, not, you don't need to be deep spiritual or anything. I said, how can we put ourselves under a system, submit to something that we created? It's almost like you start talking to a doll 
that you created an artist, you yeah. created it all. So talking to it and then say, how do I do the uh, this uh, accounting system problem that I uh, do? And that's what I feel, because when you think in the first five months, 80,000 soldiers in Ukraine hmm. died. I mean, we submit, we, and what I think these extremes do is they just make us realize our limitlessness that we have on one hand, we have Apple and Nike and great, great states. Even if you think, hey, California is great or whatever, or you think Switzerland is great, these are all systems. It just shows us the range of systems that we have and that humans can adapt it. Where do I fit in? For example, I didn't fit in. For me, it was harder to be in Europe. And I knew I just moved here when I was 18. Okay. I, I knew that. I, I so followed you, an inner voice. Yeah, so you I changed. Didn't. That was one of the actions you took is you you changed your location and you chose to do that. And that's part of what I'm after here. But some of the things that you did to develop your own sense of consciousness, and that, that's awesome. Was there anything, yeah. Michael, here that was, you're an artist, you're a musician, and that means you got to go yeah. deep. That's the artists and musicians I know, the creative types yeah. go deep. Tell me yeah. about any aspect yeah. of this that you had to get somehow connected to something beyond yourself, greater than self. Talk about anything, some people call it a spiritual life or meditation, things of this nature. Tell me about any aspects of this which was informed your sense of coming to consciousness. So first, so this is my theory that I know now. I'm not a therapist or anything, just that this is my observation. The observation was this, when you create art, you have an, you have an uh, inspiration, right? You look at a color, you look at a figure, you listen to music. I'm looking at you and say, okay, he's his face for some reason. I don't know. It inspires me to do okay. this or that. All right. And so I'm going to say, so what am I going to do with Brad? What am I doing with that face that inspires me so much? Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I have no clue. There's no, yeah, but it inspires me. So I'm going to paint. I'm saying, what is his color? Okay. His color is yellow. And I'm putting a yellow okay. on the thing. It doesn't even look like you, but it inspires me. So I'm going into communication with the unseen okay. self, with my unseen self. I'm going back and forth. And what this is, I cannot think. If I want to say, okay, I want to put bread on a canvas or in okay. a music piece, I cannot think about, oh, is my wife now? Does she have made dinner okay. for me? Do I need to get my... So you can't, you have to be very focused in the moment and it pushes you in. You can't go, oh, uh, he is inspiring me and I'm going somewhere else. It sounds like there's a connection between yourself, your own experiences, your own life force and so on. The subject, your subject uh, you're observing, it is, and the unseen force, the the spiritual life, whatever we want to call it. But And they somehow come. I would say higher self. Uh, I think the I, higher self yeah. that comes into play, then it helps form your expression of that, yeah. whether it's on canvas or music or mm-hmm. whatever, then that others yeah. can enjoy it or at least deal with it or be re- reflect with it. Is this am I anywhere near accurate of kind of your process that you go? You are accurate, except I'm not going to think about the other people. When you're an artist, you're not thinking about the other people okay. yet. It's almost but like they do experience it. If you put that painting or whatever in, a, in an art gallery, then course. they somehow experience the, your expression of the other of the three elements: the your subject, yourself, exactly. and the unseen force. Exactly. And basically, what I say, what I call art. Let's say you are not the inspiration. I just want to create some art. Make it simpler. 
So we all have two. So me and my higher self or a God or a matrix or universe or whatever. So we are conversing and I'm trying this. And I said, it, it starts with you are the total king. You, the physical me, is the total king of the creation at the beginning. You decide what gets on this canvas. You decide what instruments you want to hear, which key. Then sooner or later, you add to it. You change to it. You have a conversation with that higher self. You go back and forth. And all of a sudden, you are f- further. You build something. And then it pivots that it takes over. It takes over. You you didn't know. I can't put a green dot on that right corner because it wouldn't fit. But a blue one yeah. would fit or I wouldn't know if that fits. So you would know what it is. So it takes over. And then the viewer on the other side, the guy that buys it, buys the picture or that resonates with that picture, is looking at the picture and he recognizes my conversation with my higher self. And that's why you have people paying a million dollars for a wing of a museum and not a wing, a million dollars to like ever the electrician. Sure, sure, or sure. Whatever. So what I'm so hearing. Because you see, you, you recognize it. And that's how we yeah, all. And so what I'm it, hearing you say you know? is there's a synergy that happens here and all this that sometimes when you're creating art, you almost don't, and you get in kind of the zone. I'll just use that terminology for lack of a better one. Yeah, lack of a better yeah, one. Yeah. You almost don't even know what you're doing. It comes automatically. It flows out. And then mm-hmm. the experience of it you know, flows to other people. Is that a fair assessment that when you get going, something starts to flow? I think what you want to get out of it, what you and I can give a words to it. So what you find, you become a wisdom. Like when you walk around them, you're in the fountain. There's a fountain, there's sunshine. And you see your little nephew and you walk him around and all of a sudden you discover the Mm -hmm. rainbow. That's an experience that an artist has. He doesn't know if anything comes in because art doesn't have a limitation. Art wants to be created and exposed. That's all art wants. It doesn't say, hey, you need a million viewers. You need a million dollars to get for it. It wants to be just Mm -hmm. created. And there's no reason or whatever. There's nothing. That's why I'm saying this helps us so much to get to humanity outside of systems because I learned everything from art, everything, I, literally or from sure. other human beings. But I, I, Because you already mentioned how I, the I education cannot. experience with your learning yeah. uh, disabilities or whatever you want to call them yeah. were a factor in yeah. traditional educational mm-hmm. systems. So yeah. you said you learned everything from art and from other people, yeah. which was a yeah. deeper experience as well. But you've used the word a few th- times here, Michael, of wisdom. And I love that. And I want you to go there with me for a minute about wisdom. About what have you learned yeah. about all these? Ex- you said you learned so much from art. What have you learned and how does it change your life now and how you do life? So what is it? How does that manifest your wisdom? How does, how does it manifest itself in your practices, your habits, your daily life. Tell me a little bit about the impact of wisdom on you. For example, I think wisdom is the knowledge that is timeless. That's outside of time and space. Wisdom is something that applies to all humans. Because even if it doesn't look the, first of all, wisdom, you can't write down. You can just give guideposts in knowledge and what you feel is the wisdom. What you know, And you can listen to a quote from very smart people. You can listen to this quote and what happens, wisdom, to explain wisdom, it's you read that quote over and over or the Bible. You read or study something and boom, all of a sudden it makes all the sense it does. And it gives a truth that is further than it's out of time, out of space, affects every human. It's like, for example, that I said, 
it's experiential. So when you walk around the fountain and the sun is shining and you show your nephew and you find the rainbow, there's no guarantee you find the rainbow. But if you walk around, you trust that mm-hmm. it will come. You trust that 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 uh, and then and his he can then show this to his kids. So it's not like that's over. Now we do iPhones this way. To, in, in two months or two years or 10 years, we do iPhones sure, a different sure. way. It, the wisdom is experience humanity in the moment and it's repeatable. So, for example, there's seasons in nature. We can't say, okay, there is no seasons. No, there is seasons because systems work 24-7. Yeah. So wisdom is, hey, a human needs to sleep. And there's a millions and millions of humans. No, I only need four hours of sleep and whatever. We need to go in balance. And a power doesn't mean I have power over you. Wisdom is, for example, that if I freak out right now, you have the inherent tools to take care of me, to to shut off the thing or whatever whatever you feel in that moment. And I have the same thing with you. If you attack me right now, I have the inherent tools that's what wisdom is. It's not, my father didn't show me. It's so, not a logic thing. Hey, somebody yells at you, you hit him over so the head. That's not. For you, wisdom is not only the accumulated knowledge and experience, it's how you adapt to it and apply it to your life in circumstances mm-hmm. that make some sense. And also how you then also, yeah. it, it sets the stage for your expectations moving forward and how you share that mm-hmm. with with uh, other people. And, mm-hmm. and so you then make us a part of your life to be the creative life. So tell me about the creative life, because not everybody is intuitively creative. And I believe that you believe that people can be or can learn this. Do you think? I think everybody's yeah, creative. I'm, I'm sorry that I no, interrupted. But not everybody creative. thinks they are. I, I agree with you. Because that's what I'm getting with you. And I think what you're trying to teach me and teach others is that everybody can be creative. Not everybody thinks that they are, but everybody can be. So what are the things that you teach and you're about to help people to discover that creative part of themselves and to express that. Okay. So I have often like you, I don't even hear that anymore because I think I've so much talked about it, but I don't, but there is people that came to me when they like my paintings or whatever. And they talked to me, I said, yeah, how did you do this? And whatever. And how did you find that out? And whatever. I am a businessman. I'm not really an artist. And I said, if you are relevant in this world in any way or shape or form, Janitor, businessman, fireman, whatever. You use your creativity. You created this podcast. You created it. You didn't copy another podcast. Perhaps you take inspiration sure. or whatever. You created it. You would be nothing if you weren't created. That's why I say, if they don't believe it, it's the one thing. But I say that everybody is an inherent muscle in us. Look at our mm-hmm. world. Oh, well, what would be in our world without creativity? This is the, the insanity. Right. We are so creative and limitless. We create this world, but then we say, okay, forget artists because 95 to 97% of artists worldwide are yes. poor. And what are we killing in the first time when we have a war? We destroy Syria, Taliban, Ukraine. What do we destroy? Cultural no, good. How tragic. How incredibly that's, tragic that is. No, that's why I wanna that's why I wanna put an addendum to the freedom of speech of it's a human right. And I also say freedom of expression and cultural goods because I don't because humans need to have reference yeah. points. 
You neither, and not because, oh, you are Jewish, you are Syrian, you are whatever. No, I don't care about this. It's about human anyway. These separations are a system mm-hmm. separation. But I want to know, okay, why do we have political correctness? Because system separated us, divided us, and we took that on with our adaptability. We just took that on and said, okay, all blacks are, b- are bad. All Jews are bad. All this is bad. And we said that because we're so adaptable. We say, hey, everybody says it. It must be a truth in okay. it. There's no way they smoke sure. this fire. And that's conditioning. That is conditioning. We, you're born and you're walking on, a, on an escalator and you run Macy's and you think that's well, the think, world. It's I, not I the world. I think you're touching on some points here, Michael. What you described a little bit is some man-made constructs or systems where there's racism yeah. or war and economic distress and all kinds of things going on in, yeah. in the world, which are bad news, almost universally yeah. understood as bad news, and yet people still do them. And what I'm hearing you say is there's something about the creativity and art as basically a superpower that, if applied, can yeah. speak to these social ills. Do you believe that? And if so, what are some examples? What are some ways that can happen? I know it. Yeah. I know it. I know it because I think we are limitless. And if, I mean, we, we showed in this, we, you and I weren't prepared for this talk. I wasn't prepared to speak about this. It just came out. Okay. It's just in the moment it developed. It could have gone in a total different direction, right. but came in this direction. And I think the realization that everything created, that's why creativity is the first superpower, is human. If you do a little garden house for yourself, or you do a garden, and what does the, the CEO do in, in uh, after 60, 80 hours of work? He comes home, tinkers on his car or in his garden, but does some tinkering. The tinkering is our tactile expression of creating. We are little, where people say, oh, we are God. Yeah, that's why you see your Godness. That's why you connect in an art, piece of art. You connect to that communication and you have it, but you have no clue why you just spend a million dollars in a museum. You just feel it feels good. So when you do creative stuff and be aware that we created it and the we need to be primarily us, our priority needs to be human nature, our habitat, obviously, human nature, and then system need to support us, not us supporting them. Systems need to be human adaptive. And you only know that when you can be creative, when you understand creativity, because we have sub, we have suppressed it so long and artists have never defined their way. And I'm the first one that defines it outside of systems. What is the power of art outside of systems? Because it's so natural for us. We, it's inherent. So we have never, artists, the Mozart came to the big Duke and said, hey, Go yeah. sleep in one of my rooms and the kitchen is going to give you some food. And on the weekend, you play for me. And the same is Michelangelo. He said, hey, you can think, you paint, and then we feed yeah. you. It's just, it, it, we have never defined ourselves. It was always we were dependent on. And society hasn't well, defined either. So it's not the wrong for I'm the gonna, society. I'm going to invite, invite you to help us to define ourselves. And this, I'm going to put kind of set this scenario for you. I've spent yeah. uh, I've spent about 40 years as a, as a pastor of a church, and I've dealt with people in yeah. difficult circumstances. Death of a loved one, devastating depression, divorces yeah. that ruin people, disease. The crisis, mm-hmm. among other things, bankruptcy, all kinds of things people have had to deal with. It's been I'm bankrupt. Yeah, I'm, and, bankrupt. Uh, <laughs> I'm me too. I joined the club. I'm what I'm, what I'm trying to say is devastating adversity hits almost everybody one time or another. But it's an interesting mm-hmm. to me uh, to observe how 
Sometimes people respond to that. Sometimes people respond to devastating adversity by just going into shell and just getting, yeah. going, pulling the covers over their head and just spiraling down. And that's what I'm trying in my podcast and my teaching to mm-hmm. help people to navigate through that. And other people go to therapy and other people deal with through friendship or some people mm-hmm. deal with it in destructive ways, substance abuse, what happened. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. there's some people I've seen, Michael, and see what your experience is have dealt with it by a real change of nature. They might start not only listening to music that was important to them, but they might mm-hmm. try to write something or sing something, or they mm-hmm. might go into do, they may pick up art that they haven't mm-hmm. done in a long time, or maybe since they were a kid, mm-hmm. or maybe they do poetry or write or something mm-hmm. like that. And sometimes they struggle with that, but they find it as a part of therapy. Because even mm-hmm. art therapy and music therapy, things like that. It, it is therapy, yeah. Yeah. Speak to that about what are some, if you had a person in your life or someone who had some devastating thing happen, they want to use art in order to help process and move this, what kind of coaching or guidance might you just nudge them towards? You said something very interesting. You said some people get stronger, some people get get weak, get weaker, or they're self-destructive. Right. And I think that's one lie we, uh, humans need to tell and a story they need to tell, that life is not just sunshine. That we say that, but we get 24-7 systems say, hey, life should be sunshine. If it's not, we have a pill, we have a Ferrari, we have a face job. And I think that's what, and that's why I love your your name, adversity, because Mm -hmm. life is adversity because you wouldn't know sunshine if it was never raining. You need to have both. You have to name it in order to get beyond it. Exactly. Exactly. And then what I think uh, you said to me, what was the question you said? What was the... How would you help people? Someone who's had a devastating thing happen to them. Let's say their spouse died. Okay. uh, And maybe they want to somehow deal with it by writing a poem to their spouse. Let's just say that. Or maybe Mm -hmm. singing a song. How would you help guide them or direct them towards how they can now express themselves through art? Because we are so different, everybody has to find that for themselves of what feels good. So if they say, I want to write a poem, I want to draw, I want to sing something, it's dependent on because we are so individuals. But mm-hmm. I can tell the people, your listeners, the function in it. Because you have nobody that gives you feedback, like a society that says, oh my God, horrible, your husband died because we are not open to death, for example. It's just a stage, but we just we just think, oh, it's horrible. You went to bankruptcy. Oh my God, Brad, Michael, you guys, you're crazy. Yeah. And that keeps you shaming in shame, in constant shame. So you not only that's the feedback and you're an adaptable animal, and now you start shaming yourself. So when I get you out of this without any requirements, I'm saying, Just take a canvas, just take a piece of paper and a pencil and just let come out what comes out. Like just permission, permission to let it come out. Exactly. Yes. And and also watch it. Observe what comes out. Do you want to do after your husband died? Dark stuff. I tell you one thing. I did a series. I had the biggest pain. I had a sciatic nerve infection like 20 years ago or whatever. Right. I had the most pain. I took, they gave me all these super pills. I, nothing helped. I painted and it, it took my mind away and it put me in the moment and I could release that pain. And when you look at the p- 
paintings. They look like Miro or, or Picasso, very happy color. Or You have no clue that I created something in intensest thing. So literally, I couldn't, Out I thought I can't be anymore, literally. Yeah. literally. That's exactly what I'm talking about here, how yes. people, if they choose to, they can use the arts in order to or move through these situations. I sometimes call it a wilderness experience, and yeah. that's what you can do. Tell us about a time, Michael, where maybe you have worked with someone, either PTSD, a student PTSD. or somebody. PTSD, right? Yeah. So PTSD, the people, I would say, if you come, first of all, I think only very good people go into war. Soldiers become soldiers because mm -hmm. it's a natural, sure. very good to help the tribe, to protect the tribe, mm -hmm. to be here for humanity. So there's perfect thing. They get into a system and they get completely destroyed. And you, as, when they come back, nobody sure. cares for them. Nobody wants to look at their limbs right. blown off. Yeah. And it's just horrible. More people died from a suicide after Vietnam. Just one sure. thing after the other. And what I say to them, if your spirit holds on in your body, Still just holding on, just being, because you got fat a lie. You got fat a lie. You got to be the big hero and all the stuff. And you're, and yeah. because it's like saying, I give you an Oscar and all the, all your problems will be gone. Nothing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so the people, they, they do this and they do it really not to be famous. They do it because they want to serve humanity. And now they get disturbed sure. by that lie and they come back and they have to live that lie. And they have to, mm -hmm. why did I believe that lie? Whatever. So what I say to those people, they're hardly holding on. Um, their spirit doesn't want to be here anymore. They have, anybody that really thinks about this cannot even hear that people want to be brave and nice and whatever, and then they get destroyed. So now you look, you have these people, they, perhaps they don't see anymore. So how do you want them? Hey, learn an instrument, paint something. Yeah. You can you can have the senses that are here to observe art because that energy of me communicating with my higher self, whatever, is in the creation. Is if they mm -hmm. don't see, let them listen to music, let them listen to poetry. There's so many audiobooks out there about that literary. So to pick that up in between the words, because it's not the words that that transform. Sure. But it can be transformed in healing, and that's and that's awesome. No, so to that's, find themselves, to find to be in the moment. Because if I'm listening to you, I can't think about my wife having this or that. Yeah, I, I have to right. listen to you. Awesome, you're fascinating. You're a fascinating, man, Michael. You've got so much going on here, and you've got so much to offer here. And our audience is folks who are have committed themselves to uh, getting through whatever circumstances mm -hmm. they find themselves in. And they're looking for tools to do that. And art, I believe, certainly can be one of those. So if folks want to learn more about you and what you are mm -hmm. all about and to maybe get connected to some of the things that you are all about, how can folks learn more about Michael? So if you like the, that we talked and I actually show it in my free podcast, which is 30 seconds an episode, uh, The Smart of Art, The Power of Art and Creativity. If you want to know more about your humanness and your creativity, just go through the episode. Literally, you can read all these quotes that I wrote and questions in probably an hour, but just take it at a time. Just read it, discard it, or think about it and go to the next. This will empower you as a human, not the system, not money, anything. It's free. 
just experience that because it's about this rediscovering our humanity and that we are inclusively powerful. Like your podcast, it helps people. It exposes people. It helps people. That's our strongest power. It's not our strongest power to be separated. We are the, yeah. In nature, the, the elephant is not worth more than the ant. They are worthy because they exist. Every human that exists, and any system can tell me differently, any human desist, uh, that exists is valuable because he exists. The bag on the street in New York affects millions and millions of people. Sure. And it doesn't have to have a job. It doesn't have to be system relevant because I'm not system relevant. You know, yeah. it's just some fascinating stuff here. And so if folks want to understand more about art and creativity and mm -hmm. solutions for humanity, you've got your podcast. Tell me the name of your podcast one more time. The art, the smart of art, the power, the smart, the smart of art, the power of art and creativity. And the smart of art is also a book. And I've written five books. For example, I've written Imagination. That was me. I created the book. I tried to do 300 paintings in three days. Wow. And, and with, with titles and everything. So uh, yeah. people that have difficulties painting. So, for example, if the people that would say, hey, if you have no limbs, you can get the Kindle book. And I would recommend that Kindle book because you can have it read to you, too. But get the sure, Kindle book sure. and go through those paintings and those images and just, they're abstract images anyway. So just go through them and see, and then look at the title and, and I give you a using instruction for it. It helps your brain development. It helps your, uh, your creativity, your imagination. And it's fun because you see what I am imagining and what you, you might be, you're seeing a tiger, I see a rabbit. Okay. That's the well, beauty that's, of, of yeah, humans. Yeah, the book, the book is imagined. You've got several other titles. You've got your podcast, and you can find connections to you yeah. at, at your website, mm -hmm. uh, michaelm.com. That's m i c h a e l l m dot com, and we'll put connections to what you are all about at uh, all these things, your books yeah. and your uh, your website and such at our website, Dr. Brad Miller, Michael McGruch. What a fascinating conversation. Yeah. I appreciate Are you a lot for what you've offered to humanity and to me today personally and to our audience here at Beyond Adversity. And we thank you for being our guest today on the Beyond Adversity thank podcast. Thank you, Brett. I appreciate it. Many thanks to Michael McGrush for being our guest today on Beyond Adversity. Fascinating conversation, don't you think, about using the art and to leverage it to help you to have creativity in your life and to have a more, uh, more sense of fulfillment in your life. Of course, some great takeaways here. One of the greatest takeaways I would uh, share with you that I would like for you to apply in your life is to find a way to become self-aware and to express yourself in some artistic manner. For me, I like to do podcasting. I like to talk about things that matter to me. Maybe for you, it's singing or music or writing or journaling or having engaging conversations with other people. But find a way to share your life. Do not just veg out in front of the TV or the computer screen. Be engaged. Express yourself in some way. And as Michael kind of likes to put it, that will help awaken your life get you going and get you creativity and leveraging and awaken your your artistic or your human superpower. He has a tool and he has a process on his website 
called the uh, Self-Aware Art Education, and that's a great place to start. You can go over to his website, uh, Michael, with two L's, M.com. So it's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-L-M.com. And go to the tab for self-art, ed- self-aware art education. That'll get you started. Thank you again, Michael, for being our guest on Beyond Adversity. This is the podcast where we help you to grow through what you use and prosperity and purpose. And my name is Dr. Brad Miller. I'm here to be helpful to you each and every week. You can go to go to our, our podcast at drbradmiller.com for over 200 episodes of this podcast designed to help you. Our course is at drbradmiller.com slash 40-Day Way, the 40-Day Way process to help you to develop your PLP, your personal life plan to help you get from being stuck to having peace and prosperity and purpose in 40 days. Go over there and and uh, see if we can be helpful to you. Great to be with you. Look forward to visiting with you next time on the Beyond Adversity podcast. Until next time, friends, this is Dr. Brad Miller encouraging you to always do all the good that you can. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Adversity podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. You can find a complete archive of all episodes at drbradmiller.com. That's drbradmiller.com or subscribe for free through Apple Podcasts and never miss an episode. Each week, we bring you a message to crush adversity and live your life of peace, prosperity, and purpose.